NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The grade cricketer is a Twitter stream. It's about playing crickets at the grade level. Boys! Get a few today, did you? To be honest with you, I um, hate grade cricket. <laughs> uh, I'm going to do to play for a team called... Um, the Nemesis Kid. Obviously, sharing's always a big issue, a big issue for, for young kids coming into a senior cricket team. I was like a wizard league. Um, a bit of advice. Yeah. Sort of I refer to the great cricketer here and I'll say, this will do a little bit early. <laughs> I don't know what episode this is of the Asian Century, but it's another chapter, a historic victory at the Oval. India win by 157 runs, thanks thanks to some Jasprit Bumrah dominance. Jonathan Liu is on the show to talk about that. Farwad Ahmed is on the show to talk about many other things. Will the Taliban let Australia play cricket? Dale Stane retires from cricket this episode, as they all are, brought to you by Budgie Smuggler. Use the code CHAMP for free custom design. BudgieSmuggler.com. My name is Ian Higgins. Sam Perry is he. Good afternoon, Hezzy lad. A big 24 hours for us. It is a big 24 hours, yeah. Some stingy eyes. But, uh, yeah, why do your eyes sting when you're tired? Sting? Why do they sting? We did a live stream last night, a little watch along on the YouTubes there for day five. Up in London, and uh, we saw it all unfold. And there had been allegations that us doing a live stream caused a jinx effect on India. Yeah. Those people who said that were wrong, yeah. jinxes don't exist at all. Except for Jinx Rahane. He still exists just. Just about. Just about in that team. Will he play another game ever? Um, Pez, we got a question via Patreon from Ben. Yeah. He didn't want to give any more information, though he's nicknamed his sign-off with Tomo. So make of that what you will. <laughs> He said, boys, not an STDC. I'll fucking tell you what it is, Ben. Uh, but I thought this might tickle you. That's the way. I, <laughs> I was out shopping for furniture in Brisbane recently and saw Marnus and his partner in the same store looking for a dining table. Marnus proceeded to lift the table from one end and commented, commented that it was quite heavy. I was glad to see Marnus applying the same approach for selecting cricket bats to other wooden objects. They left the store soon after, so it mustn't have made a good pickup. Cheers, Tomo. Spying blokes in public. I like that kind of gear. I like when Marnus is picking up this table. He just somewhere in his peripheral, there's a bloke standing there facing him, full body facing him, just observing the way yeah. he's picking up a table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and doing a calculation in his head. What's the joke here? Yeah, the joke is pick up. Yep. <laughs> Straight on with the TGC, boys. Oh, he might have sent it to a lot of people. Yeah, but Marnus was putting a grip on the, on the table yeah. as well, so there's that. The table's quite heavy and walked out. Oh, heavy tables are sort of 
it's a sign of a good table, isn't it? A heavy table. Yeah. You don't want a light table. What's this, 210? Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah I'm, sure it, I'm sure it works the same way. I noticed the other day, speaking of Marnus, he goes that uh, mm-hmm. Redlands grade cricket was on KO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Bit of grade cricket, uh, Brisbane grade cricket on, right. on KO Sports. Yes. This is non ad, by the way. No, but you also, did you also see uh, Crush Craddock uh, did a thing that he was saying that a certain batsman for Redlands had requested the club open up at 6.30. That's right. I don't know what kind of club this is. They have a, is this like a gated community? What's going up there with Redlands, the Tigers? I saw this. The Tigers? Redlands I Tigers? I think that's right. I think that's right. Yeah. I think that's right. Yeah, he wanted a, uh, Marnus wanted a 6.45 a.m. net. Yeah. Which, Before which, first grade. Which sort of created a lot of questions for me. Did and it? I know it did for you as well, as reflected in tweet but uh everyone reacted isn't that wonderful you know he's manus he loves the game he loves the game so much and he, such is his dedication mm. to preparation his he's thirst pre- for runs he's, he's thirst bloodthirsty he's prepared to have a 6:45 a.m net mm-hmm. and let's be honest in the three format cricket world just endless content you need players who have that level I mm-hmm. think like it, it gives me a le- like an element. It makes me feel safe that him and Steve Smith love batting so much. Mate, if your number three is doing that shit before a grade game, that That's makes you need. feel good. That's what you need. So let's let's just say that and then park it to the side and start asking some questions. That's right. Who has a net at six forty five before a game? Yeah. I don't care what fucking level what you play. A fucking fruit loop. Yeah, takes all the PR. I'm sure he didn't. He just wanted to have a net, but let's just say he's taken all just the PR from it. everyone's batting. like, isn't this wonderful? Yeah. What about? The unsung heroes. Yeah, but now we're talking. Now we're talking. What about the unsung heroes of a six forty-five a.m. net? Mm-hmm. So as you pointed out, mm-hmm. who's the nameless fourth grader throwing in balls? That's right. Why doesn't he get in Crash's article? Marnus wouldn't even know his name. Call him mate. Let's go more than this. Who's setting up the nets? No, oh, some nameless. Now, volunteer. When, when, when you faceless played, faceless volunteer, faceless, A faceless, <laughs> no face, a man with no face. When you played. Did the club have to erect the nets every Tuesday and Thursday, or did? Faceless people do it. No, it was, just a, it was just a bloke who came down to training in shorts that were just a little bit too small, a little bit too tight. He used to do it and then used to just watch from the hill. Yeah. Was he a teacher? <laughs> it used to be. So one guy could set up the nets at uh, was it Chatswood where you guys trained? Yeah. No, it was, it was more than one person. Did the club have to do it though? That's what I'm asking. Like if you got down at four o'clock, well, if you, if when you, you say didn't have a job. Club, or, like, is, that, is that like the government? Like is it a representative of the club? It's just, it was just like a volunteer, just training but volunteers. But play, did players is what I'm asking. Oh, um, yeah. That's why you never used to get there at four o'clock. Yeah. Well, a lot of Worst people do. A lot, a lot of people were hanging out for four o'clock. <laughs> yeah. I did for about half a year in my first year. I worked out. Yeah. I worked out what social strata that puts you in. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> social strata. Yeah. yeah. Because uh, yeah. you end up you end up batting first against blokes who get there at four o'clock. Yeah, you don't, you they don't just, want that. They're just other batters, so you're not facing like fifteen minutes of off spin from number fours in fifth grade. I, I, I still remember like having to set up the nets at Dremoyne, and it was like it was quite a sort of unwieldy thing to do, like okay. opening up the uh, the what do you, what do you call it? It's not a cupboard, like whatever, whatever a, a shed, the shed, like, the re- yeah. yeah, but the receptacle that held the nets at Dremoyne, right? Oh, uh, yeah, 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 and uh, like a big locker, yeah, like a big a big metal locker, yeah. And so occasionally the ball would hit it as well, but uh, and then you'd pull out like an absolute jumble of oh. fucking net, and like it reminded me back in the day before iPods exist, AirPods existed, yes. where you had to get the the iPhone, oh yeah, headphones with cords, and it's yeah. like oh, now I'm, I'm in a big tangled web, exactly of except, lies, except there's like twenty. Headphones in there, yeah. To untangle. And there's always one bloke who just thinks he's got the he's got the golden arm. He's like, oh no, you just do it this way. Well, do you? And this is what I wanted to say. So, like, whenever I was putting the nets together, like, 
it was always encouraged that you did things, these one percenters to help the club go. It's like, no, you've, you know, this is what you do. You do the covers. You get the. This net. is so how you play first. This, right? is, this is how, how you'll be appreciated. Mm-hmm. There's no way you're being appreciated for that. Last thing you, you do. you're being denigrated. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All that appreciation is superficial. It's actually a humiliation ceremony. So you'd be there doing it. I'm the least handy person of all time, apart from digital elements. I hate practical things. Right. Yeah. No good. You can sort out the internet around your house. I think you're a 21st century handyman. Just give it to yourself. But anyway. That's another argument I've had at home, but um, <laughs> don't bring your home life to the workplace. I'm a 21st place. century handyman. Yeah. Uh, oh no, so I can get the internet. Up. I'd be there holding the nets and stuff. I had no, I had no idea what was going on, or I wouldn't want to make any decisive actions with it. And there were 15 other guys who felt mm. the same way. It's the same with covers, mm. but there's always one. One guy yeah. who knew how to do the nets, and yeah. that was his thing. That was seventy five percent of his identity, yep. and neither he nor the club know how critical he uh, is or was to making the club work. Usually, he worked in some sort of landscaping field. Definitely drove a Ute. Um, always had dirty hands. Yeah, thick hands, calloused hands. Callous you wonder hands. where those hands had been. <laughs> he was another teacher. <laughs> But really good at putting the nets up. Really good. And anytime you tried to take it, make an action, take yeah. an action, you don't do it like that. No, he'd fucking he'd dad you. Oh, yeah, I'm not that. Oh, really dad. make his fucking hell. Yeah. I remember. I remember. I remember a player at our club actually said that to me. Like I was, I would have been 19. He's worked yeah. me out in about three weeks. Yeah. Gee, you talk a lot, but you're not very practical, are you? Oh shit. Ah, yeah. Fucking hell. That's that's yeah. the uh, that's the gambit you make. I mean, you make one mistake in this life. I couldn't really. Club cricket training, Jesus. Oh, yeah, one mistake. You're not meant to make any mistakes. You're meant to be the most homogenous, unseeable, blended-in man possible. What were you like at covers duty? That was that was the thing that I hated the most at the start. When you say, like, what was I like, as in how available was I to do it? Yeah, so there's well, there's two elements. There's, like, there's weekday covers, so like, yeah. fr- like Friday night covers. Yeah, Friday night covers, yeah. And who then can, there's Saturday morning covers? covers, which is everyone's sort of – if, if you're yeah. late to that, then you're like, oh, you're not a team player. Yeah. When actually what you actually, what you actually are is that you're smart. Yes. Um, 15 minutes late, I'll, I'll accept the fine. I was, I would, I would help on Fridays when I was younger and mm. doing like uni or something like that. And I was around the corner from the oval. Like mm-hmm. I would do it, albeit reluctantly, mm. but I, I would do it. But I wasn't like, I wasn't driving around picking guys up. Go, come on, let's get the covers going. No, 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 no. Um, Mate, the amount of times I would have done covers with one other person. Yeah. Pff, now that is some backbreaking work. Yes. Uh, and then when I was in the team doing it, like on a Saturday morning or something, I was quite a passive participant, but a participant nonetheless. But mm-hmm. I was never pretending for a second that I was going to basically traffic, like you know, like sort of um, be the traffic instructor. Yeah, okay. Of um, of covers, it, I just all I learned was that if you were ever trying to direct people around how to fold covers, yep. You had to do it decisively. Now, well, like, like, and you had to mm. disagree with however the other person wanted to yeah. do it. Or you're doing yeah. it that way. You're going lengthways, are you? Yeah. Now, no, what, no, no, you don't now, do like that. One of the great um, alpha face-offs is when two teams on a Saturday yes. have to help with the giant yeah. covers and it's like to get both teams out there. Now yeah. there's two captains who are peacocks yeah. competing against each other. A yeah. couple of bulldogs yeah. having a big old standoff. Yeah. Around how And folding is really the... Um, that's the territory upon which they peacock. Yeah, and now, like, you, now you're standing too close to the opposition, which you're not really comfortable yeah. with because you might even know them outside cricket. You may well, you do. may be great friends with them, but yeah. they've got different training gear on. They have, the colours on them are different. Colors. Yeah, different colours. Boo! Yeah, they're all good. It's like kids mm-hmm. from another school mm. and mm-hmm. school social or something. <laughs> yeah, it's just a bit off. Mm. I mean, they're, they're exactly the same people as you. They could have yeah. gone to your school, different world. 
Yeah. They, they could be in your team, but they're wearing different colours. Yeah. They've got different sponsors on it. You don't recognise no, that sponsor. Different sponsor. Rabie so, McDonald's. Yeah, from, from, a, from a local part of their community. Yeah. It's like, no, that's foreign to me. No good. Yeah. Don't, don't trust it. Stonemason oh, Ma- something, <laughs> uh, rain and horn. <laughs> what the fuck's that? I'm not used to wearing that. Lee's Fortuna Court. Lee's Fortuna Court. Yeah. You know? Nancy's Rub and Tug. They didn't need any. Parramatta Road. Lee's Fortuna Court didn't need any advertising. I knew <laughs> fucking who they were. <laughs> North of the Harbour Bridge. Yeah. It, that, oh, that, that, that was always strange. He's wearing red and white. He's an yeah. absolute fuckwit. We're wearing red and green. We're good blokes. You always get jealous, like, and then guys from the other side will be helping you with the co- covers, and they seem to be enjoying themselves more than you. Yeah, like you they, know, they, they're much more bonded. Yeah, connection. and you're like, oh, what jo- of, like you yeah. want to like what jokes have they got? Those yeah, jokes yeah. seem good, oh. or are they just trying to look that way so that they look like they're peacocking us humor wise? But then you look at them and you're like, oh, that's a strong club. It's a nice like community. Yeah, there. I, I don't even play fours there. Yeah, and then I shouldn't go there. Do you think that's just an illusion, and they look at you the same way? Well, they just like these. This, this is a fucking <laughs> Mate, shit club. <laughs> Mate, the amount of times, the amount of times I saw like guys get a hundred against my club, and I thought, yeah. Mate, that does not count. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you knew us, <laughs> I say this every week, mate. You just have to be the faceless guy from the opposition this week who scored a hundred. Yeah. But it's actually that's a it's a it's a mirror image. They mm. just say like what you're describing there, and just the entire thought process of like, mm. oh, what are these guys doing? Mm. Like you could, you could. That's how you fail in cricket. You just talk yourself out of succeeding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They look better than me. Why yeah, are they yeah. wearing that? That mm. sponsors look weird to mm-hmm, me. Mm-hmm. But you look at the guys who succeed. They just don't. Mm. The ignorance is bliss. They don't think mm. about these things. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, look at that captain. He's a leader. That's right. Oh, his shirt is white. How, how yeah. does he wash that? <laughs> <laughs> you, do you have that as well? Or? Uh, mate, the amount of teams that I played and I, like, I would love to face our bowling. Oh, mate, exactly. <laughs> yeah, anytime. Because like, I've changed clubs like once or twice. Right. And you you really aren't scared of your old club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're like, yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. And that's Marnus playing great cricket. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's been a great show. Hey, um, he got uh, he got Kawaja out. Did you say that? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, we're going to get into uh, England India the England India the fourth test there wrapped up last night um, at the Oval. Uh, obviously, we're doing our dailies. Um, we did a live stream last night. You can find all of that on YouTube. The dailies, the audio, you can find at patreon.com forward slash great cricketer. As long as as well as sorry uh, hashtag RCDC Fridays. Uh, episode 50-something coming up this week. 50-odd. 60-odd. Yeah, call 60-odd, yeah. Uh, all right. England, Pez, I'll tell you how it goes. How do you want to do this? You're just going to like the chronology of the innings? Just we'll sort of walk it through like that way? How do you want to do it? Oh, <laughs> we've been talking about it every single day. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, England won the toss. They chose to bowl, and then they rolled India for 191. And at that point, you might have thought, whoa. India are right behind the right behind the eight ball here. I actually thought 191 was a really solid score, and it kept them alive because we saw in the last Test match before him when they got rolled for 60 something, 60 something, no 70, 78, 78. Um, it was Bangladesh who got rolled for 60 the other night. Um, I thought it was New Zealand. No, no. Well, they, that was that was the day before. That was everyone's getting rolled for 60 or 70 over there. It's actually a good score. Yeah, yeah. and we should celebrate that. Yeah. Uh, works forfeit. Works returning to the team. Um, Shadil Takor, 57, Coley, 50, and 191, kept them in the game. And then you think this is England's problem. It has been for ages. You've got to fucking cash in on that first thing. They scored 290. They were 5 for 50. They were 5 for 50, sure. They, uh, Wokes, uh, 50, Ollie Pope, 81. His first score above 34 in about nine years or something. Uh, <laughs> boys, Yadav, 3 for. Mm. Um, I think, th- I mean, this is what Joe Redder said after the game as well, that that's where you got to cash in. They should have won the game in the first innings. And this has been England's problem, as I was saying before, for so long, first innings runs. They 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 so rarely score more than 
250, let yeah. alone 300. They scored 400 in the last test match, and they won that game by an innings. And there's no coincidence. First innings runs absolutely enormous. For the first time in a long time, Joe Root hasn't gone, gone past 50 in a game, a couple of 30s in this game. And that's game. why this, this game's Root's fault. That's right. Everyone man. supported him in that first eight. Yeah, there's a couple yeah. of guys who were prepared to chip in. Pope yeah. 81, Wokes 50, yeah, yeah. Moeen 30-odd, you yeah, know. Yeah. They, did, they did their job. Yeah. But where was Root's 100? Mm. And then it just all turned around. Fuck it, just all turned around. Then it India got, it got fucking flat. India, it did get very flat. India four hundred and sixty six. Rohit Sharma with his first away Test century, the eighth of his career, I think. His other seven are in in India. Obviously, seen him do wonderful stuff with the white ball. Five World Cup centuries in twenty nineteen in England, but away from home, red ball cricket, not his strength. Averages like twenty nine or some shit. Eighty in India, one hundred and twenty seven for him. India four sixty six. They set England three hundred and sixty eight to win, and then. Another turnaround from India. Well, uh, England were seventy-seven without loss over overnight going into the fifth day. So fifth it was two, it was two ninety-one. They needed on the fifth day on a pretty docile wicket mm. and two blokes. I mean, you have to start. You, you always have to start again. Start again, uh, boys. They took the score to a hundred. Uh, so really, it was you know two hundred and sixty odd, and with a fair, with a fair bit of cricket to play, and no mm. real sign of swing or seam, especially not seam and minimal movement. Yeah. Uh, and but but then a bit of gas taking started started happening. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, Hasiba Meid, who's 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 done okay in this game. Um, he's actually had a pretty decent summer. He's got himself back into the Test lineup. He's he scored he's got a, a forty or fifty in the sixty now, and he scored a hundred for that uh, that county eleven against the India game in the in the warm up game. He got a hundred days. Mm. He's batted well here, sixty three. But he started to like tread water a bit. Then he ran out Darwin Milan. He played a he played a shocking shot almost earlier. Uh, Should have been caught, and then yeah. he sort of like. Jadeja got him out of the rough, I suppose. But yeah, but he, yeah, he, he played a terrible shot. He ran out Milan, and then he, he looked like his head had gone. Really, he was sixty mm. off one hundred and ninety rocks. People mm. were like, well, are, we, "Are you going for this or not?" There's mm. guys in the shed. And when he got out, and you know, again, well done to him for coming back from where he's come from. He averaged ten for about seventeen years. Yeah. Um, but uh, it was one of those dismissals. You're like, okay, well. He needed to get out, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. but it sort of yeah. felt like it start. It, it just started the vibe. And, you know, we've said before, India's a vibe team. Mm. Um, and it, from there, it was sort of pretty pretty regular. You know, India just strangled, strangled. And, yeah. you know, Michael Maguire, the West Tigers coach, um, when he was coaching South, brought a boa constrictor into the uh, dressing room. That's right. Sheds once to teach the side uh, about what it's like to strangle another team. He actually just got a snake that strangles. Yeah. And uh, I, I can only imagine he's consulted to the Indian team. <sighs> Because they strangled from there with a boa constrictor. <laughs> That's the confluence of my influences in life, yeah, watching yeah. Tiger Town and Indian cricket. That's just professional sport, isn't it? Uh, I, I could tactically show these guys, or I could just bring in a snake. Yeah, yeah. Got to show them. Apparently metaphors are a thing. Why don't I just do it literally? <laughs> I wonder what the boa constrictor was, was actually strangling. strangling. Yeah. Did you have to a bring- batsman down the leg side? There you go. Um Hasiba Mead, they were in, on commentary last night. Uh, they were talking about how low his hands are in defence, and yeah. there's no doubt he, he he can look pretty solid. But they were talking about like what his struggles could be in Australia, where it obviously bounces <laughs> more. Well, it used to before the AFL took over, and there's all drop in pitches. But, um, but yeah, he's like busted his hand a few times. I don't know. It just, I I still look at the England top three. Yeah, I know. I know. I rate Rory Burns. I think he's going to score thousands of runs for England. But you got Burns. Um, Dom Sibley's still in and around the group. He's, he's, he'll come to Australia. They're not necessarily around him at the moment. No. But if they got him back, they'll be in and around each other. And then uh, Hamid, I don't know. I mean, this again, just going back to that first innings, again, it's England's problem. No first innings runs. 
And without a spinner, I mean, I don't know what they'll do. There's a bit of talk going around about um, Parkinson um, playing in the fifth test match at Old Trafford. Um, and obviously he played great cricket out here as well. So that's a great preparation for test cricket. Um, but without a spin and without runs, um, yeah, great result for Australia overnight because India won by 157 runs. But the, but the whole story of the game is Boomer's spell, six over spell on a flat pitch and he got it reversing. He fucking put into the deck. He absolutely rock and rolled Ollie Pope and then he outskilled Bairstow with a sublime Yorker. Um, Coley said it's the top three bowling performances he's ever seen. Yep. Just going to say that. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I think that the spell last night, coupled with the result, you know, begs a question about where where Boomer is sitting now, you know, in the world. I mean, I think he was among the best, but it, it's sort of him and Cummins now, isn't it? And, uh, and yeah, well, I mean, I feel like Rabat hasn't played a game in a long time. In the West Indies, he's got Kemar Roach. He's towards the end of his career, I suppose. He's just got that X factor, Boomer. You know, and, and it feels like Bolton, Southie, and and Wagner—they're much more of a pack. They're they're a great bowling unit. The yeah. Indian team are a great team, and their superstar is Kane Williamson. But I don't know. I mean, it's nice them to get two Test series for the all eternity, despite being the best team in the world. Yeah, uh, it, it was it was one of the best spells like I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah from uh, and j- it was just, quick. Yeah, it was it was quick, and just the the nothingness that it came from. Mm. You know, it, it, it was truly game changing mm. just off the back of what he was able to do with the ball because he doesn't. You know, Boomer is not demonstrative. He doesn't have to yell at people. He doesn't stare at people. He doesn't try and you know intangibly make things happen. Well, you say that there was a bit going on at Lords. I mean, Anderson said that he wasn't trying to get him out. He was buying deliberate no balls, and he was trying to kill him. So there was that. And and that's what I like about him. Like he's he's got all of those things in his locker without mm. having to like look like a coat while he's doing it. Yeah. Basically, and yeah. most of the stuff that he does is just is just absolute skill with yeah. the ball. And it's everything. Like it's uh. it's it's pace, it's bounce, it's movement, mm. it's Yorker, uh, it's like it's um, thought. Mm. It's he really it, it really is the full package, and mm. it's better because it looks like he's you know. Um, clip-clopping in like a horse before he bowls it. And I was thinking about before, uh, like India's now, respect to New Zealand, they fair and square won the World Test Championship final. They were the best team. But but I- India are better. <laughs> like, and, oh, it just and, goes and, to show and, and, and I feel, oh yeah, I, I know you're about to say. I, I feel like, um, I feel like though that this feels like it's more than like a great South African team in the early 2000s or the great England team when they came to Australia and they won in the Ashes ascending to number one in the world. This feels like it's the start of something because there are guys like Boomerah, who is, how is he, 27? Seven. Seven. He's going to carry the team for a long time. And then because of India's fast bowling ranks, they can now beat anyone all over the world. Yeah. And also the demise slowly of test cricket feels like it's harder for other nations to to, to ascend back to number one. It's so a it stupidity. feels like it's going to be more than like, a, a, a two-year, three-year reign where, like, one team is the best team. This feels like it actually might be genuinely, like, a 10-year run of, uh, like, a dynasty of, like, a really great team in all three formats. Mm. Is that is that is that overstating it? I feel, mate, I just, that's how I feel. I mean, watching them last night, especially winning in England where they haven't won in, in since, well, they've, they've ever won in England? Oh, 86, I think it is. They've won some series in England before, but I think it's... I think you're right in the sense that, like, that those that win at the Gabba and, look, there's still a game to go uh, here, but mm. they've knocked them over at the Oval. They're 2-1. They can't lose the series. Like, it's they sort of seem to be breaking certain backs that they've not been able to yeah. really break before. Yeah. And the question of how long they can sustain the rain, I think, is less to do with, like, mm. this, you know, they're necessarily being a golden generation of Indian cricketers, but more like one country's system seems now geared towards 
consistently producing mm-hmm. unbelievable quota of players yeah. to um, to come in and out of that side whenever they need to across all three formats. I mean, mm-hmm. look at that. They, mm-hmm. they are covered in every skill area, India, mm-hmm. and cricket is on the ascent and their ability to organise to create great players is on the ascent massively. You can't say the same thing about Australia and England, I think, mm-hmm. whose systems are more about trying to funnel the best players from young to the top so that they can compete against India's worldies. Mm. But everything underneath just feels like it's uh, being hollowed out, you know, yeah. and, and the systems are, are kind of – they're still holding on at the top, but underneath mm. it's getting pretty shallow with three-format cricket, with mm. the competition with other sports and with Netflix. Mm. Mm. So, like yeah. – In terms of a rain, that's kind of the fear or the excitement, which mm. is just like – India is coming, you know, yeah, yeah, and yeah. these are just little examples. I think Barney described it as, you know, that the hot loss at Hellingley was like a, you know, a bump in the road on mm. the way, on the, you know, to, to the eventual place they're coming. Mm. Uh, and this team, yeah, I mean, they've got weaknesses and England's exposed them, Australia can expose them, but it sure. just feels like, he's like, Ijinki Rahane, he's, he's, there's a bit of pressure on his spot. His average probably isn't good enough for who should be batting number five for India. What there's probably no concern over is that someone will come and be able to do it. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. In Australia, if there's we had no a guy averaging... Like, yeah, but who? Exactly. Yeah. We'd be like, oh, who's coming through? In mm. India, it's like, mate, take your pick. Mm. Like, go out into the street. Someone will be able to do it. Yeah. And that's why I think... <laughs> that's why it's the century, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I was just thinking because they've... If they win in England, they win this series. They've obviously won in Australia the last two times they've been out here. Mm. I was just thinking, like, what what's left? Because, they, I mean, they can, they can beat anyone in Asia. They can beat the West Indies away from home. They they were are they still going to South Africa? I don't think that might be a bit on the on the cards that Zero they might clue. be off. Anyway, they're supposed to go to South Africa. If they win there, then like that might be the last place. But then I was just thinking, no. But they've they've got fucking pumped by New Zealand in New Zealand, and so is that the last place? But it's like, okay, when do they go there again? New Zealand New Zealand are going to India next year for a uh, it's either a two or three test series, mm-hmm. um, so, which will be great. But can India go to New Zealand? But is New Zealand now the last the last um, Bastion? <laughs> yes, yeah. Bastion. Yes, thank uh, you. Uh, like. Uh, that's the stupidity of this stupidity of this game. That uh, New Zealand have knocked over India in the World Test Championship final. Now, realistically, like for the integrity of who the best team is, that that should be a series. You know, I, I understand it probably doesn't stack up commercially. In fact, I'm sure it doesn't stack up commercially. And with the but calendar they, and shit, all of that sort of shit. Yeah. But uh, it's it's a series that kind of sorts the wheat from the chaff in terms of how you play. Yeah. Uh, so it's so stupid. And such a shame that we can't watch New Zealand in four test series, yeah. you know, or four or five test series to see how they go. When you can build up all those narratives, build up the dominance that a player might have over another player, expose weaknesses. Uh, and I'm sure no one feels that more keenly than New Zealand, you mm. know, who would be so keen to prove themselves in those situations. But mm. while they can't, we're always going to have, you know, a little bit of like, oh, we love New Zealand, but, oh, you know, they only played two test series. Yeah. You know? Which well, I mean, both things can be true. I wonder as well. I wonder if New Zealand will ever get that recognition where they get they do eventually get like a four or five test series against um you know the, one of the other three mm. big teams, um. But by that stage, like <laughs> Bolt, Southey, well, BJ Watling's already retired. Wagner's thirty six. Mm. Um, Kane Williamson isn't that young. Uh, and so like the whole this whole generation that's been building for years. Mm. Ross Taylor as well. Um, I'm not sure how old Henry Nichols is. I think he's younger, but. They've got this like, great team who's been building for ages, but by mm. the time they might get a chance to play four or five test series, then like all, all those guys would have gone and they'd yeah. be a much weaker team again, you'd think. Although at the moment, New Zealand have got great de- depth, especially in um, pace bowling, but you take my, you take my point. But, they, but they've, yeah, I mean, New Zealand only have to arrange their side to win in the conditions that they're given to yeah. win. Whereas it, I think part of the excellence of the Indian team, and people will say, oh, well, you guys are just pandering to India. I mean, it, it really, 
you really can just give them credit. I mean, the the beauty of the triumph of what they're doing is what they're able to do outside of the conditions that are, are home to them. Mm. You know, that's the mark of a really good side. And they go to flat wickets India where it's all pretty neutral and they mm. can winkle out a team. They can score the runs they need to score. They can do it away from home, mm. you know, in um, really foreign conditions. You can't really say that about any other Mate, side. When was the last side that came to Australia and beaten, beaten Australia twice in Australia? Mm. Okay, for that first time, sure, mm. if you take Warner and Smith out and Bancroft, yeah. whatever, then, okay, yeah. it's going to be easier. But they still did that. Then they beat us fair and square last time with the B mm. team, C yeah. team. And then who else in the last, like, 50 years has mm. done that and then gone win in England? The yeah. same generation of teams. I mean, South Africa were good for a while so there. We're able to do that shit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and obviously Australia beat all comers for a period there as well. Sure. Yeah, so uh, obviously, you know, the, the the game was notable for four things. Roe hits breakthrough ton. Uh, Shadow Takua is Mr. Clutch. Boomer taking his crew to the next level. And um, and from England's side, Java. Yeah. So, um, and wouldn't you love a schooner with Java? I could yeah. think... I would. What I would do is I'd, I'd break the glass and then I'd stab myself in the eye with it. Yeah, yourself, yeah. yeah. Okay, for some reason, I could... Because that'd be a, a funny prank. I can imagine him at a school reunion, you know, like still wearing the um, the white Slazenger trainers that he wore on the, on the Friday <laughs> or some shit from Sport Direct. Yeah. No disrespect to Sport Direct, it's just where you get those trainers. It's where you get them from. You know, like just showing an old schoolmate. Mm. He, he's like, like, oh, he's me on my YouTube channel. Like, oh, I've, just, I've bumped into a guy called, Be- called Besto. It's a polite person, just like old schoolmate. Just like, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Somebody get me away from this man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Why do you smell funny? Mm. Uh, um, we uh, we haven't done it yet, but uh, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it lines up. Jonathan Liu. Uh, first time I've ever spoken to Jonathan Liu, which is mm. exciting. Uh, wonderful writer for The Guardian. Uh, and here he is right now. Jonathan. Wait, are you gaming? On a Chromebook? Yep. It's got a high-res 120Hz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah. I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine. A new kind of Chromebook. Look. Jonathan Lewis, a sports writer at The Guardian, uh, like so many, we're long-time admirers uh, and it's an honour that he'd make the time to join us today. And um, genuinely, when when I was put in touch with him, uh, I really thought I was hassling him for about three or four weeks uh, before getting him on. But then I just had a, a, a sigh of relief because when we got online, Johnny, you, you said you um, had at least heard of us. So, you know, we're away. I'm a long-time listener, first-time caller. But, you know, there's, I've, 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 you know, all the merchandise, all of the the, the various accoutrements. I, I am a, a, a fully, you know, signed-up member of, of Grade Cricketer Inc., the corporation, the, the kind of the digital, uh, the digital brand. No, it's a, it's a, it's a behemoth. It's, it's made its way. All the way over here, and, and um, I'm, I'm very honoured to. I, I'm equally honoured to be here. Uh, um, all right, well, you were there. Let's get to the cricket. Uh, um, can I call you Johnny? I know everyone knows you call you Johnny. Can I call you that? Or I mean, are we on that level? Yeah, yeah, no, no that, that's fine, Johnny. Okay, that's, thanks. Um, my mum calls me. My mum's called me John. My friends call me Johnny, and okay. um, people on the internet call me other things. Yeah, you know, been there. Um, hi, Johnny. Well, it, um, it's it's the day after India England. Uh, it, it's quite tempting to couch these games 
like games like this in the broader context of India's ascent to infinite cricketing dominance. And so it's easy to forget there was an opposition as well. Uh, you were at the ground yesterday. Uh, should England be disappointed they let it slip or were they just swallowed up in the Indian avalanche that were all helpless to stop? I think they will be disappointed because there, there wasn't there wasn't anything inevitable about about India's win. I, I know you know targets of three six nine are, are basically theoretical, uh, but the conditions were there for them to bat out the day. Certainly, uh, with with Hamid and, and and Burns and Milan at the crease, there was a really decent chance that they could have just seen off the old ball, seen off the new ball, and then you know it, it would have got very desperate for India very very quickly. Um, but as we've seen over the last few years, they are just not good enough to do that. England don't do that. England haven't batted out the last day of a game for a draw since Auckland in 2013. I think I think every other test nation, pretty much every other test nation, has done it since. It's just not a thing they do anymore. So there was a, a feeling of inevitability, certainly when uh, Hamid goes, and then uh, when when Pope and Bairstow get get um, get bowled by Bumrah in, in that unbelievable afternoon spell. Everyone, pretty much everyone in the ground, everyone who's watched English cricket for any period of time knows where this is going. Um, and, and yeah, I think it's India were, were of course hugely impressive, but there was there, there, there was a pattern to it that I think was really familiar to, to, to watchers of English cricket. Mm. Do we know? Do we know, Johnny, how um, Overton's arm is? It was one of those ones where, he, just like Siraj dropping a catch, he had to feign injury to to hide the shame, or is the arm <laughs> going to need to be amputated? Which one of those two? <laughs> well, I think uh, the, the the word is he's he's probably going to be fine. Um, they they might, you know, in, in the same way that Siraj had to kind of feign injury uh, to to preserve his uh, his dignity. Overton may have to feign injury to to preserve getting, you know. He probably would be dropped at, at Old Trafford. Um, I, I think, given the pitch is likely to be quite dry and, and take some spin, I think Jack Leach is going to is going to come in, um, and an Overton would, would probably have to make way. So uh, I, I think that that would be the, the the more diplomatic way I think of dealing with things. Yeah, you know, you, you're um, you know, you've got an injured arm. You just give that arm a, a break for a, <laughs> a couple of months. Yeah, I heard a Jinky Rahane needs a rest as well. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, England's won um, one test in nine, uh, and I think I read that it's their worst return at home since '99. Yet, but it doesn't seem it doesn't seem that bad uh, to to me. Like that, they've got the best batsman in the world at the moment. They've got the best all rounder in the world, albeit unavailable. Uh, they've got a deep pace battery. I know many of them are unavailable too, uh, and and Dom Sibley's, you know. Um, gone by the wayside for, for something a little more, more inspiring. Um, they have so many mitigating factors at the moment, England. Do, do you think the results reflect where they, you know, really are as a test outfit? That's, a, that's an interesting point because, yeah, I mean, obviously the injuries, particularly when you you take the four fastest bowlers out of out of any side, you know, um, Stone, Archer, Stokes, uh, Woods, I guess, in the last test, and and you know, any any side is going to suffer and. I, I mean, the, the problem is is not so much personnel um, because England have played and lost with all of these players. They played and lost with Stokes. Um, they've played and lost with with Root and, and before him Cook, uh, performing to a world class level. The, I think the reason that this is not felt like such a shock is that 
this this kind of this summer has been coming for a long time. Uh, they, they they really sort of scraped by. They, they scraped to win. They scraped to four one in twenty eighteen against India. Uh, they kind of got away with it um, in in tw- the twenty nineteen Ashes. Um, so this is this is kind of a, a bit of a reckoning for them. And yeah, I mean they, they do have talented players, but it's been a, a really long time since these talented players have had either the backup behind them um, to pick up the slack. I think the the, the stat is that uh, England have won four test matches this year and Root has scored a century in all of them. They haven't won a test match without Root scoring a century since last summer. Um, And, you know, being able to cohere these players, you know, Bairstow came into the side again with with no red ball practice and immediately gets promoted to five uh, when when Butler... uh, Mm. Sorry, no, sorry, immediately gets promoted to five, gets dropped out to six again, has to take the gloves. And that, that's been the story. You know, as soon as somebody does well, as soon as a batsman does well, people want to promote him to number three. Can, can, he, can, he, can he open? Can he, and it's this kind of um, nothing is settled. Nothing is settled or fixed. Everything is transient. And I think that that's been the mood music of this side for, for quite a few years now. Johnny, can I ask you a, a same theme? I suppose a little bit broader. Like, what kind of summer it's been for for England? Because I wonder if that's sort of two part in that. In that, it seems like the ECB might have had a good summer, especially if you're an executive for that um, organisation. Um, mm. Financially, very rewarding. Uh, you know, the hundreds were some form of success at least. Um, but the playing, you know, the one day side, even with the with the C team, with you know the entire squad getting COVID, they still beat Pakistan. They played really well, and they blooded some new players to keep Mahmoud's in the in the setup now, and that's exciting. But the Test side, they lost against um, against New Zealand, and they're on the verge of losing another series in the same summer. So, is it sort of a bit of a dichotomy between like what the actual summer has been for England? I think that I think that's right. I think at a corporate level, uh, you know, especially given the financial ravages of, of COVID, it's been a, a, a raging success. You know, day five at the Oval was sold out in advance. It was sold out last week before the, the game had even started, mm. um, which is you know it's kind of unheard of outside outside Ashes summers. Um, the hundred has been a financial success. The, the grounds have been pretty much packed. Um, so you know, from that point of view, the, the interest. In English cricket is still high, and and I suppose in in many ways it, that kind of vindicates the the ECB strategy of just throwing as much cricket at people as they can swallow, and you know never mind too much about the quality of the product because certainly this summer uh, when people have been let out again, we've seen that they're, they're not they're not too fussed about the quality of the team that they're playing. They just want to go out and see some cricket. So uh, that I think has contributed to this this kind of confusion about who, you know, w- what's happening now, what is the focus, you know, between up to 2019, England have a, had a very clear white ball focus before 2050, they had a very clear red ball focus. Um, what, what's the focus of this team now? It, is it, you know, promoting the hundred? Is it, you know, is it the T20 world cup coming up? Is it winning in, in the ashes? Is it, you know, the, there's, there's no real purpose to this team. And, and that's why, mm. you know, players are getting shifted in and out in formats that's why series are kind of mushing up into one another. Um, and and it's, it's really hard to kind of, to define any sort of narrative around around English cricket as a whole. It's more kind of a, a constant noise, which I think is, is good for ringing tills, but not so conducive to producing winning teams. Mm. Uh, just in relation to the Ashes, Johnny, we, we've seen this series swing a few times now 
So at any given point, you know, England have been either, you know, unable to bat and overly reliant on Anderson. Um, and then all of a sudden Root's invincible and England have a pace battery and they're sneaking up on India, uh, you know, and, and now it's gone back again and they're bad. Um, so like this is against the backdrop of Australia not playing at all. Um, so, so therefore our country has concluded that Australia will win the Ashes 5-0. Um, <laughs> have England got us right where they want us? No, uh, no. I, don't think, I don't think England have any. England don't have anyone right where they want them, apart from it, maybe India. Um, I, I, I think I say this. You know, the Ashes has the has the feeling of a of a of two evenly matched sides. But as we so often seen, when you you mix two evenly matched sides with home advantage, it becomes a trouncing. Um, and England haven't been England haven't been good for a long time um and so i i, th- I think certainly given that uh, australia have home advantage and given the fact that england may be traveling without you know the likes of butler stokes moeen I, I, I can't imagine that doesn't get sorted but you know it's not like the ashes hadn't been played with it without a b teams in the past so um you know g- given the fact that you know the history is is you know so so thoroughly dictates that, that Australia should be favourites. Um, I, I, I can't I can't see England winning at all. I can't I can't see a path to winning. I, I can't see who's going to bowl the spin. I can't see who's going to take wickets with the old ball. I can't see who's going to make runs at the top of the order. Obviously, Joe Root will will do something. You know, Joe Root will probably make a doomed one eighty at, at Sydney in a <clears throat> in a in a crushing innings defeat. You know, England really specialise at scoring four hundred and, and getting beat by an innings. I think that's going to happen a couple of times. Um, so yeah, I, I think the optimism level uh, certainly on this side of the world is, is pretty low. But I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what you know. I don't know where Australia are, are at either, apart from you know they're sort of getting getting bamboozled by by various smaller nations on on low low turning wickets. But I don't, I don't know how I don't know how relevant that is. Um, just just a final one for me, Johnny. Um, just just as a follow up to that, I read uh, Stuart Jeffrey's review of the Fever Pitch Football documentary. Um, today in the Guardian, uh, he includes a quote from a philosopher, Mark Perelman, who argued that today media are all uni- media are all united to make sport inescapable, so that everyday conversation is bloated with invasive logaric blather. So uh, you know, as as a guy that um, covers both football and cricket, where do you think cricket sits in that theory? You know, it, it doesn't feel like it comes close to the Premier League in terms of its relentlessness, but some days it really does feel like there's just a lot of cricket a lot of the time. Yeah, I mean that's that's partly a, a function of scheduling, but it's past, you know it's mostly a, a function of social media. Uh, you know you can you know you can make something a twenty four hour blather. You know you can make whatever you want it to a twenty four hour blather. Just follow the right people and and, mm-hmm. and immerse yourself in it enough. Uh, personally speaking, you know I. I I, I like both football and cricket. I, I've always preferred cricket, but the kind of the dictates of the job and, and the country that I work in mean that I spend about 80% of my time covering football. Um, and so for me, you know, it's, it's necessary. It's not just nice, it's necessary to actually take a break from, you know, 10 months of, of ceaseless football and and cover cricket, which, which I, I much prefer. And, you know, after a, after a regular sort of three or four month English summer, the reverse is is also true. You know, I, I I like getting back to football and and getting away from you know from this noise and in, in, into the other noise. And I think you know it's a good it's a good strategy for people. It's it's not. I don't think it's it's 
a great idea to just immerse yourself in in one conversation for for so long. I mean, that, that's how you know that, that's how the, you know that's how five G phone masks get end up getting burnt down. Um, you, you sort of you become. I mean, you know, you become immersed in in this echo chamber very quickly, and and, and it does feel ceaseless, and it does take a toll on your mental health and your sanity. Um, so so yeah switch off social media and, and you know find find an, you know australia is very good at this i think you know you, you have your you have your cricket in the summer and then you have your, your various other sports where men wrestle each other at various other times of the year and you go to a different state and they, they all they're all into something you know it seems like you've you've got things pretty much sorted there i think that's a good answer johnny thanks so much <laughs> uh for joining us <laughs> no i do i do we should do football because uh, here when you were talking about talking about one thing for many years uh it felt a bit close to home um but uh, <laughs> this is the third show we put out today yeah you said, said burn down 5g towers what about burning down nets yeah. um <laughs> thanks so much for joining us mate we'll let you get on with the rest of your day uh and um I uh, hope, hope we uh, we catch you out here in Australia if you get a chance to make it out. I would love that. Yeah, cheers. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much for the time. Jonathan Lowe, did that happen? Exactly. I always get scared because yeah, things yeah, can fall yeah. through, as you know. Um, Pez, let's get on to Australia. And, um, you know, what I respect about this leadership and governance, not the federal government, I'm talking about CA, is that they've – They've told the Taliban, hey, hey, we're playing this game, okay? We're playing this game. A couple of custodians have just said, I saw, I saw a headline saying that, like, yeah. you know, custodians issue warning to Taliban. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <sighs> Taliban. That would, be the, that would be the politest email anyone's ever sent. <laughs> to whom it may concern. To who, yeah. <laughs> Dear sirs. I hope this email concern, finds you well. Concerning the game at Bell Reeve. <laughs> David uh, Boone will meet you at, mm. uh, yeah. You say Bin Laden lived around the corner for some nets? Yeah, he did. Yeah. I wonder if he had a net. Yeah, the Taliban down there, the Salamanca markets. Uh, head down to Mona. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sure they'd be welcome. Um, yeah, so that's, uh, I mean, there's, there's a bit of chat there that they, that game might not happen. Though I believe, anyway, that... Um, the Taliban are all clear. Well, they're all they're all good to go with the test team. With the men's test team, anyways, other concerns, obviously, with so said. Um, humanitarian issues, uh, civil rights for women, especially. Well, but, women. Um, the last time, last time Taliban were in power, they didn't permit women to engage in sport or right. education. So right. people are like, "Well, it, what's the um, um, the what what's the moral stance if you engage with a nation yeah. uh, that uh, you know doesn't allow women to play?" Yeah, yeah. that's pretty much that's a moral question. The premier's involved. Yeah. Um, Peter Gutwin, I think, and he, he said he's got some concerns about whether the game should go ahead on that basis, but he's going to talk to the local Hazara community, see what they think, uh, and, you know, he, he wondered whether it was still a confidence-building thing that they play the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have no... We, do, we talked to Fawad Ahmed. We've already talked to him. He's got a view on that at the end of that chat as well. Um, but so, if we can just chuck some, like, Bet365 ads around that, we can just get that game going, can't we? Yeah. I would have thought so. And there's some other shit about like are they, what flag are they going to fly as well. That that does sound scary. Some like oh, Islamic Jesus Emirate of Afghanistan Christ. shit. But I don't know. Um, so bowl first, you reckon? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, cool. I, mean, I don't know Can why. Can you put I the just, Taliban to me yeah, in great I just, terms? Was Bin Laden good off the pads? <laughs> I can burn the net down if he had a bad fucking net. Do you want to steer clear of that? Fuck it, hell. Ah, well. 
Mate, let's talk about scarier stuff. James Faulkner's BBL contract saga. No, he's, uh, he, he, was, uh, he was on SEN Hobart radio down there in uh, down He sort of woke up to this on Twitter, didn't it? Like, it was just all these like quotes. So, like, mm. Bin Laden. Uh, bin, bin Laden, <laughs> <sorry>. yeah. <laughs> bin Laden and James Faulkner. Yeah, had a net. fucking hell, yeah. Uh, no, it's been a long night. James Faulkner, uh, like the you know neighbour-style soap opera around his... Uh, yeah. Talking about getting knifed in the back and yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. The offer they gave him was disrespectful, embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, so it, so the odd so the thing with Faulkner he was on the, he was on he was on Jack Rewalt and Tim Payne's uh, radio show mm. in Hobart. Payne and Jack. Payne and Jack. Just imagining. So you were saying the other day. Just mm. imagining Jordan Henderson know. having a radio show on Merseyside. Yeah. Already oh, Australian captain. Yeah. He's got my dad got my radio show. I guess they're not playing any cricket. <laughs> yeah. He's got uh, he's got time for a part time do, job. He does. Yeah. Or a full time job. Uh, so Faulkner was saying the first offer they gave him for the Hurricanes, I think, was mm. embarrassing. They mm. went through his manager. They didn't even want to do it directly to him. Yep. Then they upped it a few times, but he still it left a really sour taste. I don't know. I get the impression he felt like he was being lowballed out of Tassie cricket. And, yep. and they're very proud in Tasmania. Uh, and he's, he's obviously jumped on the line. He's... He's expressed very fully his disappointment yeah. with the coach and mates who've stabbed him in the back. Mm. Uh, they've used his injury against him, mm. according to Faulkner. Mm-hmm. It's very sad seeing those things, you know, mm. play out in public. Who, who you know, you, you never know the full story with all those kinds of things. Sure. So that's why Adam Griffith is invited onto this show. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this, it's the dark side of someone coming towards the end of their career a little bit as well, and you know how how organisations try and manage you out and how yeah, they do yeah. that. And it sounds like it's not been done um, very well. It just feels like another chapter in like a very slow demise of one of Australia's brightest white ball players that we had in for like this. The, he had he had the hottest of hot hands for like three years, mm. James Falken, between about 2012 and 2015. He was the man of the match in the World mm. Cup winning final 2015 in Australia. Um, remember like he, he won games against England at the Gabba, batting mm. with like Clint Mackay at number 11. Slog. He was taking wickets, mm. slower balls, um, yeah, lower order runs. He was a fucking incredible player mm. for us. And then it just stopped really quickly. Mm. Um, and he was down there in Tassie and then he sort of just popped up in the BBL and sort of the consciousness anyway because he stopped playing mm. Shield cricket. And um, I know he's playing grey cricket down, or Premier cricket down there in Tassie as well. But it's just a really weird demise where you just feel like I don't, I don't know what's happened in his life or if there's mm. been injuries or if there's been other struggles. I'm not sure, but it just feels like here's this guy who was like a world-class performer in one, mm. one day cricket, especially 50 over cricket. And it's like, what have happened to James Faulkner? Uh, That's sad, isn't it? He'll probably get another club. I mean, he's been playing good BBL. Well, he's, he was, he's over he was, the PSL. He's in the PSL. I mean, he plays, so, he plays around the world. I yeah. mean, he, I mean, the big bash isn't that high a standard where mm. like, oh, do you want a guy who plays in the PSL? Nah, not really. <laughs> nah, not really. And but, yeah, he, he was, but he was sort of saying he wasn't that interested in going to another club. It was on Tim Payne's uh, show. I noted Payne on that show. And, you know, this is what happens when these guys who are still playing, mm. or even in the case of Gilchrist, whose words ca- ca- uh, carry so much gravitas. Yeah. You do a show every day. You have to talk about what's going on. Yeah. And I noted Payne's comments about um, about <laughs> England coming over for the Ashes. We do a show every day. It doesn't carry the same weight. <laughs> <laughs> hey, these guys played threes. <laughs> See them, my cricket. <laughs> Careful what you say there, boys. Yeah, we're doing uh, dick jokes most of the day. <laughs> Payne said an Ashes series for an Australian cricketer is like a final series for an AFL footballer. Oh, I can't understand now. I mean, that's just so generous to the AFL, isn't it? Anyway, no, we, do, we, do, we defer to them at all costs. do what we want, yeah. yeah. Should we, we, you guys find if we play, uh, play our matches on this, mm. on this pitch here? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's all right. Good. What if we just change the pitch a little bit? It's not going to yeah. do as much with the ball, but you just get guys who buy 140. It's all good. Um, so sort of kill the game here a bit. But yeah, it's all yeah that's good. right. 
Oh, the ball's got no, it's got, there's no character to the wicket or anything like that, but nah. we can play a bit of footy on it. Um, <laughs> but uh, he, he's, he was talking about in, the England guys coming out here. to still chat about what that's going to look like. Mm. And he said, this is, this is his quote, um, for you to say I'm going to play most of the season. Oh, he's talking about finals footy, that, that kind of analogy. I'm going to play most of the season. Then because I have to do two weeks quarantine, I'm not going to play in the finals. I'm not going to have a crack at winning a premiership medal or an Ashes urn. I find staggering. So he's talking about England guys pulling out. Yeah. I know people are all slightly different. We've all got different circumstances. But And my wife would hate me saying this. I would quarantine for a year to play an Ashes series. That's how much I want to play an Ashes series. How many years? A long time. Yeah, kids. <laughs> you know, <hotel> room. <laughs> Kids mustn't be sleeping. <laughs> I feel it. <laughs> but I would have loved to quarantine for the last year in a lot of ways as well. <laughs> yeah, fair yeah I, I just thought that was a little bit, it was a bit like insensitive to the experiences of guys who, um, who've, like England yeah, have been yeah, backs yeah. against the wall playing wall-to-wall cricket yeah. uh, in quarantine away from families. Yeah. I think Payne was questioning whether it was 10 guys who didn't want to come. I think he was more saying, like, oh, I'd be surprised if there are that many England guys who aren't keen as fuck to come and play the Ashes. So yeah, that's yeah, probably yeah. how he meant it. But I, I don't know what it's like to um, be broadcasting and like wanting to send like fucking subs. Like yeah. when I'm, when I'm, <laughs> when I'm, when I'm speaking, yeah. like yeah. he's just, he's having a pop at them yeah. really. Isn't yeah. it? That's what's going on. He's like communicating what he's not really communicating. Yeah. I like, want to play the Ashes more than you. Yeah. 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 You're weak and not, you know, yeah. it's already sledging, you know, it's yeah. just what it feels like. I mean, the main thing we have to worry about is like some cunt on YouTube saying, why are you wearing that shirt today? Yeah. That's basically like, that the, is the main thing. <laughs> it's the main thing I have to worry about. So I haven't, I haven't been, a, I haven't been a subliminal. <laughs> what did I he say? <laughs> which, which shirt was it? Yeah. You know, which one. <laughs> I thought the mauve looked good. <laughs> hey, uh, Bangladesh, New Zealand is a series oh, yeah. that's going on. And New Zealand are taking their absolute D team over there. And the series is 2-1 as it stands. Um, unless there was a game overnight, was there? No, no, no it was. Nah. It's 2-1. Two, it's 2-1. Two, one. Two, one. We're obviously right across this. But <laughs> low scores continue. Now, we spoke to Simon Dool a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? And he was saying, like, in, in, in preparation for the World Cup in the UAE, he, su- he suspects that it won't spin nearly as much as what it does in Bangladesh and has been for the last, well, I guess well, nearly a month now, given Australia lost their 4-1. Um, but uh, there just seems to be, like, this, like, this... This sort of, um, it's not an inkling, but it's you understand what I'm saying, like that. Oh, New Zealand have have got bowled out cheaply here as well. Therefore, like it was okay that Australia got bowled out cheaply there as well. Like when the fuck have Australia ever compared themselves to New Zealand? And then that being like the marker of like, oh no, things are actually okay with Australian cricket because look, you know, England Man. have lost their series as well, and like, oh, New Zealand are doing this, yeah. you know. So it's like, well, there's been, you know, there's there's been a lot of uh, handbags thrown in the media in relation to the direction of the Australian cricket team and those who are um, in support of the incumbents. Uh, remaining mm-hmm. in charge, you know, mm-hmm. pointing to anything they can to suggest that the Australian side is actually going well. I mean, it's very clear that they're not. The players have said so. That's not conjecture. Yeah, uh, and, and the players hate it. <laughs> that as well. <laughs> That's more of a read between the lines, but it's true. Yeah, and um, so you know, you sort of. It makes you sigh when you see stuff like that. You see yeah, people yeah. go, "Well, see, New Zealand got rolled for sixty. Mm. We should be happy with our 62. Mm. That's a that's a grim state of affairs. Yeah, especially if New Zealand go on to win a few more games. But mm. like, it also makes you sigh because you think, you you just know that like the next time Australia does anything good, yeah. the men's team does anything good it's in exactly cricket, it, yeah. it will be used as a real like fuck you to anybody who mm. suggested that yeah. things mightn't be going as optimally as they could or should mm. in the side. But we've got all of that ahead of us mm. 
because despite many protests, protests, yes, no protestations mm-hmm. uh, from the playing group and many others, uh, it's been decided that the incumbents will remain in charge, and um, let's see what happens. So, um, do you want to just go to Dale Stane? Just quick on, yeah, quick, please, quick, quick yeah, on, quick yeah, on before well, um, before we get to uh, Farwood Ahmed. Yes, um, Dale Stane retiring from all cricket. Um, we were talking about this in the live stream last night. Was just just the numbers, the numbers of it, like averaging oh, twenty two. It's everything. It's full package. It's full package. Skateboarding, four, the surfing, four thirty nine wickets at twenty two point nine. So it's like enough said. Yeah. Uh, but in case that's not enough for you, in also, case it's not also vibes. You know, like like he he brought anger, he brought vibes, he yeah, brought yeah, fear. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, and the you know it was the fast twitch of the thing for Stain. Like just it's a whip. He, he's a whip it. You know, sometimes you watch quicks on TV and like you can't immediately discern that they're really fast, even though the speed gun tells you or the reaction of the batsman tells you. Yeah, yeah. You're under no illusions with Stain. Mm. And it was very classical yeah, yeah, still yeah. too. Like it was fast twitch, mm. but it was beautiful shape. Oh, how's the action um, on it? Mate, the action on it, the shape on it. it. Mate, bumpers, yorkers, mm. and then just classic outswing nicks. You know? Like guys that slip, keep us standing far back. What, what, what do you need from a quick? Any, do you need anything else? I've... No, not no, not mate, not not for me. Not for Th- you. Thank you though. Thank mm. you. Um, you I'll do anything for you. You know, <laughs> you know um, how like Brett Lee had a very aggressive celebration when he wasn't like doing the sort of kick up in the air with two feet. He was doing like the he was doing that. He was doing the he was the doing like, the, yeah. the, 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 ch- the chainsaw thing. Oh yeah. Stain had the same thing, but why was it scarier with Stain when he had was it because Brett Lee's got some gorgeous eyes because he was he va- was veins he because it was actually had varicose veins uh, popping through his neck and his face. Uh, when he did, that's what, that's, uh, that's literally the answer. I know you're asking mm. rhetorically, but the answer is veins, mm. uh, which is, a, a, that's probably a genetic issue that he's got, but mm. some people find that attractive. When I think of Stain, I think of him just nicking off Clark heaps of times and bowling Brad Haddon. And just like, yeah. Michael Clark was a beautiful nicker of the ball. Yes, like he when, was. When he caught, when he was yes, caught behind, he was. geez, that looks good. It yes. looked as good as what it feels when you nick off when yes. you shadow bat, which is, which is the right thing to that's do these really days. really good observation. Square yourself up. Beautiful nicker of the and ball. And Stain had such a symmetrical action. And mm. Clark was also so technically pure. Mm. And it wouldn't even be nicked off. Yeah, he might have just pushed his hands out a fraction, but mm. it looked so good. Getting Haddon was good too because Haddon had some of the best hands in international Very cricket. Very still base, Brad Haddon. Still base, but if you were quick enough, like if you beat a threshold with Haddon, his mm-hmm. feet stopped moving. Mm-hmm. So he would be <laughs> splayed, yeah. splayed, splayed peg stepmum's yeah. legs. Like... <laughs> You know what I mean? Like if, if if you were too quick for Haddon, it would be fucking pegs everywhere. Yeah. And 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 ha- split pegs. Yeah. Split pegs. Stepmom's right, legs. Stepmom's legs. Yeah. It's fucking bingo night. Yeah. Yeah. And uh it's or he would he night. would nick like that as well. His hands would just be a little bit out in front of him. Mm. And I feel like that was Stain as well. That was mm. just what Stain could do. On like fast wickets, yeah. Graham Smith's covering one to three. Boucher's there. He's saying some shit. There's that one where he like he bowls somebody and there's stump mic. There's yeah, a stump, yeah, yeah, yeah. stump cam, and he's like looking into the camera, yeah, fucking yeah. like pointing his finger at you, like he's just yeah. hit you as well. Yeah, oh, yeah, good, good stuff. Gear. Yeah, good what a gear, player! Stain. What a player! Yeah. I wish he won more stuff for South Africa. I mean, it's a great South African team. I mean, they were the number. He's been a World Cup. They went. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. That's yeah, what I mean, I guess so. Remember when Grant Elliott hit him for a massive six in the semi final? That's unfair to highlight that one of the lowest moments of his career. I'm sure. Hell, but, of, hell of a shot that from Grant Elliott. Hey. hey. Hey, good the, shot. Hey, the memory just does what it does. Yeah, don't bother there. Mm. And it puts away a lot of memories too. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, it suppresses a lot of things deep down inside. That all ball over one day in a shopping centre. <laughs> <laughs> hey, speaking of shopping centres, he goes. 
Yeah. Our great mates at Budgie. Guess what? We're not talking about custom design anymore. You know what we're talking about? Socks. Socks. As Lieutenant Dan said, it's the most important thing. These socks, he goes. Budgie mm-hmm. Smuggers doing socks, I should say. Uh, BudgieSmuggers.com. Just catch just the the uh, they're Australian merino wool, right? Yeah. Um, we've got them. They're fucking good. Yeah. Uh, they're right here re- in the studio. They are in the Hold studio, if you're watching that. Or pink number there. Uh, they feel wonderful. Or blue number here with some chilies. On the feet. Merino wool is unique and it absorbs odour caused by bacteria, trapping their smell and keeping them from building up. So you Thank can God. wear you can wear merino wool odour resistant clothing for longer without having to worry about smelling. Yeah. Uh, that would have come in handy for most of the guys I play cricket with. Yep. Yeah. And I sort of distance myself from that as well. We've been asked to um, model these with our feet. And I think that might be for the next episode. So we're a little bit behind the eight ball there. Sure. We're, we're, I'm happy. I mean, if people want some feet stuff, how do you go feet wise? No, no, good. <laughs> how do you care, care to elaborate on, or do you want to move on? I don't know what you're asking me. Just how, how do you feel about your feet? Where would you model your feet? Um, no, no, good. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, good. I got. No, mate, no good. No so good. The way you say it is so, like it's such an Aussie way of like you sort of say it with a pace that that's encouraging me without saying it to start talking about something else. You know, <laughs> no, no, good. Just the way the eyes linger. Even my feet, I have like a gap between my like my my big toe and my second toe. There's just it looks like there's a toe missing. Just a big, I don't know. Yeah, big thing going on there. Talking about feet stuff now. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is well, we're talking about budgies, Moreno. I mean, you can cover up your feet with these socks. That's the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the point. Yeah. Uh, San Marino will sock range. Is the only people are going to ask for feet picks now? Uh, no. Seven. <laughs> <laughs> I think your DMs and mine are quite different uh, in relation to, to TJC. Oh, I'll be the judge of that. Just, mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> smuggler.com. Here he is, the great man, Farwad Ahmed. Well, don't even bother listing the teams this man has played for. Uh, he has played for everyone. Uh, and in doing so, he's an international. He's a Sheffield Shield winner. He's a BBL winner. He probably has medals for many other franchises too in uh, many other countries. He's also got a master's in political science and international relations, I believe. Uh, unless, again, you know, he's done some really good media work and uh, he's got that out there and it's not true. Um, he's uh, he's one of the oldest roosters on the circuit as well. So we'll look after him. Uh, he's from the Brotherhood of Legspin. And because of all of the above, it's our sincere pleasure to welcome Fawad Ahmed to the great cricketer. Fuzz, g'day. Thanks, Matt. Thank you, Sam. So thanks for having me. So I'm really excited. You know, I've been uh, following you guys for a while now. So, yeah, it's an absolute uh fun you know you bring uh especially on the social media especially on the twitter i got only twitter so yeah to uh see a lot of stuff so well on you guys especially in this uh bloody pandemic and and the lockdown situation so yeah thanks for having me you're welcome mate uh you know it's been so fascinating doing some research on you and i know you've done many interviews to this effect we always ask people you know, what's their relationship to grade cricket? And it just occurs to me with you, you know, like mo- most um, most grade cricketers sort of studying at uni and um, working at office works part-time, you were you were working in a warehouse and, and awaiting a verdict on your asylum claim <laughs> while you were playing grade cricket. So can you tell us about your your relationship to grade cricket? Oh, 
it was amazing. You know, I was not even a great cricketer. I was a park cricketer <laughs> at that time. So playing for uh, recreational cricket for Hoffers Crossing. So when I when I arrived to Australia, uh, I didn't have any idea of what I'm going to do. Uh, language barrier, uh, proper culture barrier. Uh, the whole system was something. I was like in a different world. I was like, if you take someone like on the Mars and he will be just lost. I knew a little bit about Australia just because of cricket, watching cricket when I was younger, you know, from childhood. So that was the only thing. But yeah, in actual, in reality, when you go somewhere and then you experience in, in a real life, it's completely different story. Uh, starting getting a bloody fine from the, on the train uh, with the wrong ticket, you know, on the first day, on the first ride on the train. And it was just kicked off from there. And yeah, uh, finding jobs, you know, working on the in the apple picking on the fields and going to far, I think it was Harcourt, I think it's before or after Bendigo um, in Victoria, two and a half hours drive from each side, working in, in cold winter. It was weird winter for me because usually it's summer back in Pakistan and it was so weird talking to people back in Pakistan and family. It's is June, but it's very cold and short days. So it was yeah out of from nowhere. So yeah, finding job, find a, some warehouse jobs, you know, on different jobs and playing for Hoppers Crossing. Uh, it's called park cricket or recreational cricket, uh, community cricket, I would say. And then uh, trying when I start bowling really well and went to the one of the bowling uh, net session with an Australian squad, you know. So I thought, oh, I can, I can still bowl. I have something left there. You know, there is some fuel in the tank and I might be uh, lucky to get there and to play maybe a, a game or two by that time with Bushranger. Yeah. And then I tried to get into the, into the great cricket, you know, to play. And it was an absolute pleasure at that time to play great cricket because in a start, I tried to get into great cricket, but no one said we're going to support you or pay you with your visa or find your job, you know, and they say great cricket is just to perform well and it's like a stepping stone to play for Victoria. And then, yeah, this 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 how I went to Hoppers Crossing and then finding my way back to, uh, in the start, I, w I did went for the trial with Melbourne Uni, but then eventually I got in there and played a few games for them. Hmm. Oh, and uh, before you got to Hoppers Crossing, I'm just reading it. In there was a great interview that Will McPherson, who's a friend of ours, did with you in the Cricket Monthly um, magazine in 2016. And uh, you say, just in terms of how you got into club cricket here, you uh, tried to email every club saying, I played first-class cricket in Pakistan, copy, paste, copy, paste. And do you understand that everyone <laughs> plays first-class cricket in Pakistan, you know? <laughs> no, honestly, not everyone. But the thing is that, you know, like... Uh, I did something wrong. Uh, I wasn't sure, you know, it was the start of even getting into the email stuff as well. And I, I put like a CC as well. And I put all emails of the all the president. <laughs> and it says, you're sending the same email to everyone. So I got a reply from <laughs> So you copy and you are adding all the president from other clubs. You know, it would have been like, not even just great cricket from subbies. <laughs> from park cricket and it was just everyone's so it's just not like you know so it was funny uh and then i think i think it was from north court uh, cricket club and the dragons president replied me he says mate you are saying this to everyone 
uh, I would love to play for your really nice club. You know, I want to <laughs> you know, play and represent your club. And uh, I've been, I've been, you know, following the club, you know, what's happening. You know, I was literally going on the, on the website of the every club, you know, how yeah. the club's going, you know, but I didn't know what's going on. What's great cricket, what's park cricket, what's yeah. community cricket. So, yeah, at that time it was funny, you know, I got some replies, but it never worked out, you know, eventually, um, I think the, uh, I find out on, I think one of, at the friend, I met a friend at that time and I, he told me there is, North Melbourne by that time is Greenwell Kangaroos right now. Yeah. They said they have a um, they have like a trials, you know, and they were just to start up the season first ever. So I went there and went on the trials and Which the second did you, bowl in? did you bowl in the third net? Or did uh, you the net no, the I, did, I didn't know. They they just they said come. I think it was actually trials. It wasn't a training session. Okay. So they were just they was trying out some new guys, you know, and there was their second 11 captain. He was moving back to Hoppers Crossing. So he played there for 10 years or something. And then he was moving back to uh, Hoppers Crossing. And then he was there as well to look on the few boys. He might sneak some of them. Huh? And I was betting nicely, yelling nicely. And then he says, uh, what do you want to do? You want to play cricket? I said, yes, that's what I'm, why I'm here. And even... In in VTCA, I think they were in third division. Third division, senior, north division, north one. I think we were in north one or something. So we were third division, Hoppers Crossing. So I said, yes, I want to play. And he said, oh, and he said, what you want to, uh, how much money you want to, you want, you know? And I said, oh, well, I don't know. I didn't know anything, you know? And I remember, I think they, they offered me three and a half thousand dollars. For the season and they said oh we were i said oh i want to work i need to find a job and i want someone to support my visa process as well and i i said if that's possible and he said oh we will find your work and that never happened though but they what they said you know at that time and this is how i went to help us crossing and even i didn't know at that time is this like a vt say what's the competition like i thought it's going to be the same cricket like where it was North Melbourne. So that's how I missed the first two years on great cricket. So, but I, I know it was, it was amazing to play for Hops Crossing at that time. And I think it was the actual uh, a stepping stone or pathway for me to, to get into great cricket, then Bush Rangers and then Australian setup. Yeah, you, you took uh, 90 wickets at 11 uh, for Hoppers Crossing. So. I'm, I'm shocked by that. I'm now going to reply to every Nigerian prince or emails just in case it's forward alarm. I get those emails a lot as well from those older prince. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like what? Like, what are they expecting when you roll out? I mean, you just you just sort of turn up, you're bowling a few few uh, few googlies at training, and they think, oh yeah, this guy's about he's worth about three and a half thousand dollars. I mean, like, did they did they realize that they had a, a literally already capped first class Pakistani cricket playing at that time? Uh, yeah, I I did told him, but like uh, as I spoke to the North Melbourne Cricket Club president, and he said, I said. Well, I played recently. I just like I literally left when I left Pakistan. I played nine first class games and I bowled really well. I took wickets as well and uh, uh, like a couple of pipers as well. And 
in a in a top condition over there, especially like in in Karachi. You know, the the conditions are very good for batting. So I said these are my recent. Like it's not like I played five years ago, ten years ago, and I've been doing nothing, and now I'm playing. I want to play cricket here in Australia, but this is my recent. There was like three months ago. That's where I played, you know. And then they says, no, we wanna we wanna see you in nets, you know. And they says we don't believe like or whatever on internet, you know, like your stats or whatever they are. So when I went there, so he said we are happy to have you, but we're not gonna give you anything like uh, no money and uh, and no like we can't promise you a job or anything. I said, well, I'm actually not here for cricket. I want to find a safe life, you know, to, to adjust myself. And now I need to find a way, you know, I was like, I'm a very hardworking person, you know, like I'm still, I'm still working hard, you know, with the whole body, you know, to getting there and playing around the world, good cricket, but just with the hard work. So I said, well, I will find my way, you know, into the system, how to find jobs, how to find a better place to play good cricket as well. And making new friends, like a, everything was new to me, like, friends and you know even playing cricket in a different system and everything was new for me so it was just to find my ways you know how to i didn't even knew about the, the recruitment agencies you know how how you can find the work you know and then getting a car how to get a car and then mm. license you know that was all those important things so yeah there was a reason yeah they didn't knew when i went there to uh to bowl in the nets and they said, well, we would love to have you, you know. They yeah. said, the way you bowl, the way you bet, you know. Mm. But that, that's the only reason we can't pay you. Yeah. Mm. Forward, uh, fast forwarding a, a little bit forward, um, you, according to, again, in, in Will's interview, you were coaching at the MCG, just looking at the Bush Rangers bat. You were just watching and you went up to Simon Helmet, the coach at the time, and said, I just need to have a bowl at these guys. And he didn't know who you were. He looked you up and down. They sort of made it look like, you know, you 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 were barefoot. Um, <laughs> I, I doubt that's the case. But uh, what 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 happened after that? I was, uh, there was not, I was actually at the level two coaching course. Uh, they says one day we're going to go and have a look on the training session, Bush Ranger training session. I said, oh, that's nice, you know. And I knew, like, who's Cameron White, who's David Hussey, uh, Chris Rogers there. Maxi didn't play at that time, neither Finchie played. Peter Siddle was there. Uh, there was few guys there, you know, they played for uh, Australia already. So, yeah, Simon is, is my coach now. Uh, he just told me that he would have thought we're going to be together again in somewhere in Caribbean. So, yeah. he's our coach. So, I said, look, um, I went there and most people were just behind those nets, you know, near the rooms. And I did ask him, you know, he was down on the ground and I think he was getting the balls or writing something. He was just busy with something. And he said, well, Matt, can I bowl? And he says, he looked up and down to me. He said, what did you do? I said, I bowl spin. Uh, he said, mm, what spin? I said, I bowl leg spin. He said, mm, okay, come and bowl. So Bobby Coyne, I didn't know it was Bobby Coyne. And I, was, uh, I thought he was tall and big and I thought he's a fast bowler. The ball first ball is went through the gap. Indoor net, indoor nets, you know, you don't, you don't like, a, you don't think it's going to spin that much, but it's went through the gap. Um, uh, Bobby Piney, and then I bowled the next one. I thought, this is the first ball. Look, second ball, he's going to go and play by the spin, ball around. When I bowled around on, and he got beaten outside, he went on the other <laughs> way. And when I look back, so everyone is watching me. And mm -hmm. then they, 
then Shippy came up to me and he says, oh, what are you doing here? And I said, well, I'm here for level two coaching. Because he said, no, no, no. Like, in Australia, I said, oh, I'll live here now, you know, permanently. I got here and I want to live here. I want to play cricket. And then he said, who was coaching, I think, forgot the name. Someone was from Cricket Victoria. He was a uh, coaching organizer, you know, like the, was just uh, teaching us everything. But he told him, yeah, he, he's going to stay with us. And then, after, like, I didn't play that season. It was June. I missed out on the season 2010. We came from Pakistan and no training whatsoever, no cricket. I was working at that time in the fields, you know, picking apples. And I bowled, like, for 40, 50 minutes. And I was so excited, you know, bowling those guys. Maxi was there, Finchie and Whitey. And it, for some reason, the ball was spinning big, you know, in indoor next, You know, it was like unreal for some reason so yeah there was there was a turning point when i went back to the uh, coaching class i was almost done i said mate i'm <laughs> done i can't be there and i was literally falling asleep i was tired when i went back to home but the next couple of days i couldn't move because i just bored with no warm-up with mm. no exercise nothing without any training sessions and then i got uh, i gave my number to simon and he said well he said, could you come, you know, time to time and train with us, you know, because we don't have any spinners. And Dutchy, Dutchy Holland was struggling at that time with injuries. You know, he had like three reconstructing shoulders. So, yeah, at that time, I was just so excited even taking a time off from the from the job. You know, even I said, well, I'm going to go to train. And then was playing for Melbourne Uni, just T20s. You can play as a T20 player. And then I was training with Uni playing for Hoppers Crossing and training with Bush Rangers uh, and plus working in the warehouse. Uh, yeah, good good memories. It's almost 11 years, uh, 10 years now. It was 2011. So, yeah, I, 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 amazing decade, amazing 10 years, you know, in Australia. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed, you know, how I started. And uh, it was amazing struggle. It was tough. It was really, really tough in every way uh, without far, far away, more than 10,000 miles away from family. Uh, learning English, you know, it was learning all the slangs as well. It was yeah. so difficult in every way and finding a job, finding a shelter, you know, getting a car or a license, you know, to be right on the, on the road, you know, it was, it was a hell of a journey, you know, but mm -hmm. the things for some reason, then the things happened very quickly, you know, I know I couldn't, I couldn't accept it that in a good way, I would say sometimes I still, when I'm at home and just for myself and I feel that, like I'm still feeling that I'm, I missed out. I was lost in, in there. It was, everyone was talking. Next, Shane won't taking. Mm. I took seven wickets in the first game. I think six, game, six wickets in the second game, four or five wickets in the third field game. And in the one-day games, I st now when I realized, I went for like a couple of times against English land for 22 runs, two for 22 two for 23 like that. Mm. And now I realize it was bloody amazing because just going from park cricket and playing against English lines or mm. in a domestic setup and performing that well. But then when I got selected for Australia, traveling to England and then coming back with the citizenship problems with the media thing. And I think I was lost there in a sense because I was struggling a lot. With a lot of with media stuff, you know, getting all those things. I couldn't get enough practice and those things before the games when I played, you know. But it is what it is, you know. Like I, I'm still, 
I'm very grateful and thankful, you know, whatever happened, it happened for the reason, but yeah, it was amazing. It was really, really amazing, especially getting into that great cricket, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, uh, you, uh, you, must, uh, you must feel like, Farwad, you know, it's lucky that those couple of balls to Rob Quiney came out well that day, otherwise you might be coaching twos at Hopper's Crossing, you know, it's a good thing, <laughs> good thing, good thing you didn't pick the wrong And I was going to ask, I was going to ask you, we've, I've heard before that Damien Martin said that you were the best leg spinner since Shane Warne. We've had Shane Watson on the show before who said that he thought that you were the, um, the best spinner to not play test cricket for Australia. Uh, and you were really mismanaged. I mean, what what are your what are your memories around coming into sort of the Australian team? I know you played for Australia five times, but into that Test team, especially around 2015, I think it was during the Ashes. There, you're in the squad, but you didn't you didn't quite get a look in. What are what are your memories around the Australian team in that time? Um, the memories, like I would say, now people now it, people realize about the mental stress and uh, um, being being alone. It was really a tough journey for me, you know, like even in 2013, going back to Australia from the tours, I've been on the few tours, you know, with Aussie A, couple of tours, to uh, England a couple of times, then to uh, Zimbabwe and South Africa and performing really well on those tours, going back and you just taking a cab and going to empty house, you know, like, or different culture in, in in Pakistan, you know, there's a massive reception. People come, the relatives, you know, like neighbors and your friends, and they will get together. And it's a bloody great achievement playing for your country, you know. And there was nothing like that there, you know. Like I was, I missed, I missed a lot of things. And then when 2014, you know, it was a quiet year for me, and I went out. I played some club cricket in in Holland and went on holidays, you know, to get refreshed, to get away from everything, all those media stuff and, you know, the hype and, mm. you know, what happened, you know, like, and I went back and got relaxed and then I took the most wickets for that season. I think I equaled the season with Nathan Lyon, 60, 60 odd wickets, something with everything all together. So mm. I got picked in Australian squad. I was in the best head, head space. I thought I was bowling amazingly, you know, like, I remember these are the words from Brad Haddon. I was, we were only three, four guys because Australian team were, they were busy in the World Cup and then they were on holidays. And then they asked me, I think myself, Brad Haddon, I think it was uh, with um, Peter Neville. There was two, three, you know, we were on three, four guys. And I was boarding in, uh, at um, um uh, Alan Borderfield and to Brad Haddon. Yeah, I just, I just, uh, I was so excited, was so um, to go on the both Western Indian tour and to Asia on Asia's tour and to to perform well. Uh, I, I think I, I bowled really well at Antigua against the Western Indies A, and then the rain came in for some reason. Uh, myself and both Nathan Nine, we didn't bowl well. I remember, you know, and before that, I took two wickets in, I think, three overs. And then the ram came in, and then I think it was uh, Carlos. Carlos was, was his start of his career, and he was just slogging, you know. We were going there for test cricket, and he was slogging everywhere. And he smashed, I think, more Nathan Nine than me, but he smashed us. And, and then it was right in the media, electronic print, social media everywhere that he's going to be carrying drinks for both tours, four months long tour, and he's not going to be playing. And I just honestly couldn't handle it. You know, I know I remember I was in Dominica, literally tears comes 
and I was upset. You know, there was no one to come and hold me or support me. You know, and that's like what I'm talking about—the mental stress and those things. You know, and I knew that. You know, like um, um, being a normal person and as sensible man, then you think that well, who's gonna take a second spinner to ashes? You know, and and no one, even if I'm a selector or a coach or a captain, I'm not gonna take second spinner you know and i was actually they usually take 15 or 16 i was the 17 guy just because i performed really well they have to text me so and it was everywhere he's gonna be carrying this he's gonna never play again you know and it was everywhere just for some reason and been getting talking to selectors and you know like the officials rod marsh was there um was the recent chairman used to at resign Oh yeah, yeah Trevor Hans and yeah, this is they all go back and perform well, and you will definitely get back. But I was upset with one thing, not with everything, but with one thing, especially when at day time at the Ashes time, Aussie A tour went to uh, India. They were playing at Chennai. Uh, Sock went there. I think he took in two games fourteen wickets or thirteen wickets, something. Even. Um, What's his name? Uh, Gorin the Sandu took four wickets in the second in his bowling office. Mm. Not fast bowling. And I said, look, I was talking to someone at that time. Why they didn't send me over there? Mm. We, If we need you, if someone's getting injured, like that line, we can call you back. It's seven hours flight from India into England, you know? And you can just play there, perform well next to, to Bangladesh as well. You mm. perform well, you know, because you are the best spinner in the country. You perform well. So now Nathan Line is there. He's playing. We don't need you. You go there, play A tour. When I got back, got dropped from from the state cricket. From I was literally didn't went on the A tour and it was all faded. And I went on the just playing Fred cricket. I know where I have to come back. So yeah, it was tough at that time. There was the, there was a the tough time. And, uh, and then I realized, well, I didn't give up, you know, I, I think I still took 32 weeks that year in Shield Cricket and I bought really well, but I think it was a grand final or the before the grand final of that year, 15, 16. I bowled the 73rd or 74th over of the inning. And Dutch was bowling from one end. Mm-hmm. And then he took seven far. No disrespect. He bowled really well. Uh, he deserved it. I know he's he's a, he's a great bowler. He's a classic. I know he had a lot of injuries. But then he went on the on a, on a Sri Lanka tour then. Mm, at yeah. that time. And then at that time, when it's came to 2016, I said, well, think wisely. It was more about wide world cricket, you know. Mm. And then uh, and for next 15, 16, 17, 18, until 19, those five years, I think, as a spinner, I took the most wickets in the big bash as well, but never got a chance. Even I I took three wickets against England in England in the my in only second T20. was three for 25 something. Uh and never played. The next game was against England in, in Australia again. But then I got a call. Well, we will try someone else. Mm. 
that that was the, that was the only uh, response from them. Mm. Mm. Oh, there's a bit in that, forward as well. I mean, I want to ask mm. you if you think you were treated fairly, but uh, I feel like that would be many, many more hours and a very complex conversation, <laughs> you know. Uh, one <laughs> thing I do want to ask, though, is I have read that apparently through this time in the Aussie side, you became um, quite uh, friendly with David Warner, which is not something that I had expected. Um, and that you're great, <laughs> that you're great friends, and that you've been that you you gave each other plenty of stick, and uh, you'd often find yourself struggling to reply to him. Um, at which point, you then said, "Well, you'd stand no chance if um, I was sledging you in my first language." <laughs> oh, you know, Bull Davies, uh, he's a He's a great guy, but he's strange, you know, that in a way, the way his whole career is, you know, sums up. Uh, but I had a really good, like, uh, I would say, in a, in a way, understanding with him, you know, because he's been, he says he grew up in the Western Sydney and he he been to like the school where all, all uh, people from subcontinent mostly, and he does know about uh, religion as well, uh, Islam, and he's... He knows a lot of things. He grew up with Uzi as well, and they played together for a long time as well. So, yeah, we we uh, we have some amazing time together. You know, like either uh, breaking fast together, or uh, he took me on a on a lunch on a eat day as well with his family. So, and yeah, well, we we hang out a lot together, especially in their on those two tours. It was a long tour, long four four months tour. So, yeah, it was. Um, uh, amazing, yeah. I've met some good friends, you know. I know I, I became a really good friend with Water as well because we played together for Sydney Thunder then and then Pakistan, T10, everywhere together. So I played more with Watson than anyone else in, in Aussie squad. But yeah, I had a great time with um, with Paul. Yeah, it was amazing. Well, speaking of, uh, you know, attacking quirky left-handed openers, you're, you're obviously playing with, uh, with some kits in the CPL at the moment where Chris Gale is the captain. I'm trying to get into the dressing room, Farwad. You know, metaphorically, I'm not actually trying to get into the dressing room. Yeah, that'd, be, um, that'd be funny. <laughs> that would be funny because I'm Javo now. Um, you know, oh, but he's, he's he's 42 in a couple of weeks. Chris Gale, I think. I think he's 42 in a couple of weeks. Yeah. I mean, take us into the dressing room when Chris Gale's giving a team talk. Is he still the the prime alpha? As he as he get pole position in the dressing room? Does Rihanna come into the dressing room? What's what's going on in the CPL there? Oh no, like with Rihanna but yeah he he's still uh DJ Bravo is the is the actual captain for us but I think okay. he still takes that leadership you know Chris been amazing you know I played with him in, in Canada he was captain there as well we won that uh, competition so I had some good good time with him in, in Canada but he's been amazing yeah he's still uh leading from the front and he's 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 um, an old you know dog but in a really good position still hitting the ball better than anyone else uh, he struggled a little bit with the uh, with the fitness because pretty hard here and back-to-back games you know uh i think then world cup and ipls coming then world cup following so a lot of cricket coming as well as well so he's looking after himself as well but yeah he's been he's been great so far you know he's, he's uh he's a leader he was captain in the last game as well a uh, little bit little bit more quieter than than usual uh, his family is here as well so uh, but yeah, he's been he's been great. Yeah, he's been so good for the for the team. Uh, Saint Kitts has been struggling for the last few years, but DJ came in, um, and then Chris as well. They get together. They got some good, good, 
good players all together, you know, from overseas and from Caribbean as well. So we have really good squad. We are on top of the ladder. We lost the last two games, but we have some injuries. Uh, mm. I think we will bounce back in the next three games, but, but we're still on the top of the table. Mm. Well, I, I suppose, and this is the final one for me, um, you know, everything that we've been talking about is really not important uh, in relation to what's actually going on around the world, in, in particular in Afghanistan at the moment. I know you, um, or, I mean, media was reporting that, uh, you, you know, you came here because you fled the Taliban, you know, and now the Taliban's back in. Uh, in Afghanistan, and um, and there's questions about what's going to happen with the Test match and what's going to happen with the women's team. I mean, what's 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 your viewpoint, uh, or what has been your viewpoint, I suppose, on on what's been going on and, and the future of Afghanistan cricket, and even more broadly than that. Oh well, the, there was a massive difference. It's still, the massive difference between what was happening in Pakistan and Afghanistan. You know, so there's a completely two different things. You know, like TTP and Taliban from Afghanistan. So they are completely different. They were their, their goals and their whatever they were, they was completely different. But when it comes to cricket, I think uh, I did, I know a lot of Afghani cricketers, they're pretty close to me and we have spoken before. I think I think they're all fine with it. So they says we don't see any problems, you know, so far they have moved on with the, with the transition period of, selecting a new chairman you know they did say that uh, the women's gonna play cricket as well so that's very positive uh for the especially um both women and men's cricket as well and even the other sports as well so i know it is it's chaos uh i know but if it is it's they are fighting right now but there was no fight at that time i know people were uh leaving afghanistan you know there are because they want to wanted to find a safe place where they were thinking about what what happened 25 years ago in Afghanistan when they came in, but they now saying they are completely different. They understanding, you know, they learn a lot in those 20 years, you know. So might be, I don't know. The only only the time will tell you, you know, what's going to happen. But whatever they are saying, it's actually very positive in a sense, you know. Although there are different stories, you know, how they came in. I know there was no fight, but but the evacuation of the Americans, you know, of the, the all the troops, you know, even the Australians, they were, were there, and and then they leaving Afghanistan like that, and then the Taliban taking over, you know, that's a completely different story. But yeah. if you look whatever they're saying, if they will do the same thing, I think that's very positive because they're gonna be in charge right now. I, I don't know how it's gonna change unless. American attacking again. I don't know, but at this stage, it's going to be there for like for long, long time, because they came by, by power, and they're going to be there unless someone else fighting them, or maybe they will be, they will be here and there in all Afghanistan, like the way it's happening in Panjshir Valley. There is a massive, you know, like a battle over there. So, at this stage, I think the under-19 team is on the way somewhere. I think they went through Pakistan. Um, they're flying somewhere. I think they're playing somewhere. I don't know. But I have seen somewhere a little bit. And, uh, yeah, I think I think they at this stage, they're all good. Um, they want to continue with everything. And they want to have support from the bigger countries, you know, to, to revive the country. And hopefully they will be on the, on the road. Uh, Fawad Ahmed, thanks so much for that answer and also for the broader interview, mate. I know um, we've taken up a lot of your downtime with back-to-back cricket at the CPL. 
Um, mate, thanks for your story. Uh, thanks for everything you've given Australian cricket as well. And I know um, you're an old rooster, but you're still kicking on. You've probably still got more BBL medals in you and you're going to be spinning more webs uh, as time goes on. So really appreciate it, mate. And uh, we'll catch you next time. No worries, Matt. Thanks for having me. Hashtag Ask TGC, Pearsy lad. Now, do you want to read this one? Yeah. It was sent to right, you. Do you want to do you know, your backstory to it? Or? Oh, it's a little bit of backstory. Well, um, thank you to everybody who writes in Ask TGC questions. And we appreciate how they come in. And we also appreciate that we've never really been specific about where we'd like them to come in. We just we just go and grab them. We, we ho- Especially he goes, I should say, with respect, um, hoovering them up from wherever, you know, wherever you can send them on the internet. <laughs> I got a text from my cousin who doesn't really listen to the show. Perfect. Wonderful relationship with him. Good good man. I was going to say good boy because it's sort of in my head. He's younger than me. Um, yeah, okay. And there's other other therapy stuff there. But um, he he's a good man and he got in touch with me to say he's a friend of his, loved the show, and really wanted to submit an Ask TGC. So he sort of got my got my number. Um, That's so unnecessary. Submit. There's well, like, there's but like I seven different channels. Appreciated it. Sure. He wanted. He wanted. He wanted it in. And so I think he was letting you know that he knows one of the guys from the great cricketer. Do you? Okay. Um, Toby Miles <laughs> writes in. Now I'm just checking. He's he's not asked for this to be anonymous. Well, too late now. Um, he writes in. Hi boys. I'd like to draw on a couple of points of discussion you've had recently for this, including the idea of the unscrupulous use of footmarks on Uluru. Back to the feet again. We're talking about footmarks on Uluru in the Patreon show. Just uh, like, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's just people walking up Uluru. Or was that YouTube? Just, I was wondering. Yeah, yeah. Walking up Uluru, we're just saying, yeah, yeah it's just footmarks. footmarks uh, yeah. To preface, this story is grim and perhaps a little bit lowbrow, but I'm wary of the depths he goes is willing to stoop for content. So there's a preface for you. I live uh, in a country outback town in New South Wales. Cricket here is proper bush. Mm. Last year, a guy got 50 in a singlet. <laughs> if you want cordial at the tea break, you fucking drive two hours to Dubbo and you get it. You get the you get the vibe. This town's one pub is the social hub of the cricketers, and occasionally I get into verbal stouches at the pub with some of the more stubbornly conservative members of the public. Yeah. After hearing you link cultural icon Uluru to cricket so seamlessly recently, it reminded me of a disagreement I'd had with a more senior local when the NT government banned climbing the rock at the end of 2019. A good decision. Oh, who the fuck, oh, the fuck do I know? I'll set the scene with the usual... <laughs> I'll set the scene with the usual rabble and Channel 9 News, brackets, they play Sky there now, close brackets, blaring in the background, some official announcing the closure. Okay, so this is now read like a script, right? Punter says, fuck me, me. What's wrong, Heath? Punter. Can't do anything anymore. Me. How so? Punter. Climb airs rock. Me. Would you, mate? That's not really on. I mean, I mean, it's a bit disrespectful, isn't it? Punter says, I would again, won't be able to now. Me. You've climbed it? Punter. Yep, about 15 years ago. Took the kids in that. Me. How was it? Punter. View was good. Me. The experience. Was it actually worth it? Punter. Yep, it was good. Me. Righto. Pause. I'm just going to go back and forth now. Shat myself, butt. Maybe you should be you should be me. Too late now. Okay. Sorry? On the way up, I shat myself. You, you pooed your pants. Had crook guts from servo food. Slipped in it a bit. Got to the top, though. Slipped in it. Jesus Christ, mate. And Punter just nods. Mate, what'd you do? Took my undies off when I reached the top. I left them up there, but... 
I was aghast and immediately numerous questions were swarming through my head. Have I been in this town too long? Were Heath's soiled underpants a driving force behind the long overdue decision to stop people climbing? <laughs> With this image now implanted in my head, would I ever turn up again at local level? Yes was the answer to that last question. <laughs> Scored for the following Fuck season. <laughs> <laughs> Whilst this story to many could symbolise and perfectly capture the ignorance and arrogance of white Australia, and it probably does, could you please put the debacle <laughs> into grade terms? <laughs> uh, we should have back and forth that script. I realise that. Ah, now. well, hindsight. Uh, thanks, Toby, for the question. Now, I presume the guy, um, the guy that he spoke to, he's referred to him as punter. I presume that wasn't Ricky Ponting. Um, that couldn't be an yeah, easy, let's just easy, clear mistake, that up. easy mistake to make. Um, Ponting Wines, though. <laughs> this is an ad for Ponting Wines. Um, I think this story is actually about um, him turning up four, uh, four times uh, the following year wearing a uh, singlet. This is um, this is one of the most... Uh, you found this quite disgusting. I found this one of the most... You found this vile. I find it vile, vile in the sense that, okay, guy shat himself. It wasn't that. It was the complete disrespect to the indigenous population. And we are talking before about like, okay, um, climbing the rock, no good. Indigenous people have a strong connection to it. I do not. Um, I think it's a nice thing and I, I've never actually been to it. I would like to go see it. I don't need to climb it. Nothing to see out there anyway. Punter says view is good. The disrespect shown to um, this incredibly important um, heritage landmark of the indigenous population is like, yeah, shat myself. I took my underwear off and I just left it up there. Oh, it's just, it's just hate, really. Yeah. It's just hate. It's Yeah, so I find it vile in that respect. I mean, who hasn't shut themselves at some sort of theme park? I was going to say, I mean, uh, they've just won. India have just won the uh, the crucial fourth test to go 2-1 up against England away from home. Yeah. Our own captain shut himself when we did that. <laughs> Pat, but how is that perhaps, not, that's not spoken well, about but, enough? The, perhaps the punter was just taken after the skipper. Yeah, in homage to yeah. Tim Payne. We're all shitting ourselves, aren't we? How come no one's spoken about that? Like, I mean, that's just got, not really a story. We tried to pick it up and it was like, yeah, that was the thing that happened. We, we, we asked, we asked, uh, Travis Head, we asked. Yeah, I, I actually felt quite gross just talking about it. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, I mean, this is, I, I don't know what to do with this. I mean, yeah, so I, I just found it vile well, and I was gra- like, what the fuck is this cunt doing? That's that's what I thought. Well, you've just put it into great terms. Yeah, what the fuck is this cunt doing? Mm. It's disgraceful. Yeah. Does that do it justice? Congrats on the four tons, Toby. Yeah, well done, Toby. Well batted. Um, just cannot remember if he wanted anonymous. Well, well, Toby, you'll be right. People don't care about you as much as you think. Uh, given uh, Farwood went for, I think we, I think we've got enough time here, Pez. Um, given the interviews in the show as well. Um, all right, thank you so much to Jonathan Liu. Thank you so much, so much for Farwood as well for joining us over there in the CPL. Uh, thank you so much for getting around us for the last little bit. Uh, the fifth test starts on Friday. Uh, hashtag RCDC Friday is also out on Friday. And some stuff on YouTube as well. You know where to find us all over the internet. We'll see you next time on the Great Cricket Podcast. Cheers.